Hello from the Global Legal Blockchain Consortium in New York City, New York. I'm Alex Muncy. I'm Amy Bronze. I'm Paul Lombois. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road in the Big Apple. Today, we're talking about blockchain with Paul Wongambe and Amy. Amy, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Amy. I'm with Integra Ledger, which is Blockchain for Law. And I'm also an organizer for the Global Legal Hackathon, uh, which is having its grand finale tomorrow. And um, Paul, could you also please tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing here? Well, thank you very much. Um, like I said, Paul Omboa, I'm an executive director with Dewey's Group Africa, a Pan-African investment fund based out of Mauritius, and we serve credit unions in Africa. Fantastic. And I should probably also mention who I am. I'm Alex Muncy. I work with uh, RSG Consulting in London. We're a legal consultancy and strategy firm, and we also uh, write the FT, uh, Financial Times, Innovative Lawyers Reports. So, Paul, thanks for joining us today. My first question is, um, what do you see as possible applications for blockchain technology in the credit union space in, in East Africa? One of the biggest opportunities I've seen is where credit unions can share technology. I mean, to create, I would want to call it, um, to create a shared economy because credit unions back home still have a lot of operation, I mean manual operations, and I think there's an opportunity for credit unions to share data, to use, you know, blockchain platforms to minimize costs, to, you know, control, um, I mean, risks, to improve um, on efficiencies, and particularly to, you know, um, share these platforms to reduce investments in capital projects, but more importantly, uh, to create trust and need to build trust in the, in, in the systems, uh, avail data cost effectively, and, um, you know, improve uh, service delivery, particularly uh, deepening, you know, financial inclusion, because most of the members that credit unions serve are spread all over uh, diverse geographies and therefore this is a big opportunity for ensuring that there is even data integrity, sharing of information and ensuring that um, there is access to information in a timely, accurate and uh, you know, compressive manner. That's great. We were talking a little bit earlier about the trust aspect of it and how in the US and you know, in the UK and Europe, there actually is still quite a bit of fraud that goes on in the banking industry. And that's in the US and the UK. Can you talk about some of the trust issues that are going on with the credit unions in Kenya? An excellent question, Amy. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we do, uh, we have is about um, uh, data integrity, meaning that uh, people do not trust the information that they, they are given, including basic things like, um, you know, trusting that your financial statement reflects the true position of your account. Uh, that, that's, 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 that's very important. And remember, credit unions deal with financial resources and therefore data integrity, believing and trusting that information is accurate and represents the, tr the true, um, you know, position of the members or customers' um, transactions with the institution is, is very important. So fraud is one of the major challenges. 
internal controls and ensuring that the information is secure, that the information is, is believable, and the information can be audited uh, and verified. So issues of data integrity to deal with verification, accuracy, completeness, timeliness, uh, that, that's very, very important. I mean, uh, and these are challenges that we are facing. In fact, I see the discussion in, the, in, in today's meeting here as one of the, the ways to address those problems because the problems are real, the problems exist, and the problems uh, that I've discussed about integrity, lack of trust, um, inaccurate information, reliability of information, and even the manner in which that information is stored have got an impact in uh, on how people believe that they can do uh, you know, business with these credit unions. And therefore, if we are going to improve um, their reputation, the, the image, the integrity of credit unions, then we must start by uh, addressing the management of, of information to ensure that there is integrity. Therefore, I find today's meeting to be a, a very important uh, opportunity for me to learn new ways of managing this, and I do look forward to uh, um, a collaboration, uh, you know, between the African credit unions and what is going on here. What's your outlook for the tech industry in in Kenya? I mean, my understanding is Kenya and together with Nigeria seem to have a more developed tech industry, and it's sort of the the pinnacle of of the tech hub in East Africa. Do you see that ecosystem being able to rise to the challenge and address some of those issues? Do you see blockchain as something that that can come out of East Africa or, or are you looking more towards Western companies in the US or in Europe to help you to implement those sort of things? Now, Kenya, I see Kenya leapfrogging um, systematic advancement of technology in the sense that Kenya provided uh, mobile payments, mobile money to the world. Mm-hmm. M-Pesa is a Kenyan innovation. I'm saying Kenya provided mobile innovation to, to the world. And therefore, uh, we have seen a situation where in Kenya, mobile penetration is at 93%. I guess the highest in the world as we speak. What that has meant is that there has been a, a very positive reception of you know, mobile uh, solutions, services, including digitization. So in terms of Kenya embracing this new development, this emerging technology, this emerging innovation, I see it being done much faster than we can even um, uh, project. And and I I know there are already programs that are going on. In the last uh, couple of months, IBM and uh, the Ministry of Agriculture in Kenya has been piloting a project of uh, using blockchain as a part of improving our agricultural um, uh, programs in Kenya. So it's already as to that is going to gain currency in Kenya. It's a matter of time. And uh, the, the reason being that the technological uh, platforms in Kenya have been well received even by the rural communities. Mobile phones, for example, have become... Uh, a storage of value. They have become, a mob, you know, essentially they're mobile banks. They're mobile banks in terms of saving and uh, money transfer, people transacting using mobile uh, phones as a means of exchanging value and storing value. So this is something that I see happening much faster in Kenya than any other part of Africa. So you mentioned that the mobile penetration in Kenya is at 93%, which is staggeringly high. And part of that 
comes from the fact that you skipped this in-between step of putting laying down landlines and you were able to go straight from basics of not having anything to having mobile. You also mentioned that a lot of your processes are still manual. They're not digitized. So in much the same way, you can go from basically not having any sort of technology to having blockchain, which is fantastic. But what do you see would be some of the hurdles to actually making that happen? Thank you very much, Amy, for that question. Um, a number of things. One of them is we'll need to have a legal framework that um, you know gives confidence that this is something that is supported by you know the government. I think the question of political capital is, is important. I think that's the, that's the way I want to put it. Secondly, is uh, we need also to you know educate the masses, create awareness, explain to them what blockchain is in terms of them applying it as part of their business transaction tool. So education is key. I've talked about political capital, enabling an appropriate technology. That's important for people to believe and to trust that what they're they're doing is protected and can be defended by um, by a legal framework. So those are some of the things that I think are, are important. But in terms of the um, you know acceptability. That I see it as being done through, um, you know, basic awareness, creation, education, and so forth. Uh, and you're right. We did not have to invest so much on uh, landlines, but we embraced uh, mobile technology very fast. And I've seen another example. Very many people went straight to saving money through their mobile phones when M-Pesa came on board than going to open accounts in the banks. And therefore, what we are seeing right now is that banks are closing branches because banking transactions now are mobile enabled. So I see the same thing with a blockchain technology. And especially with our devolved uh, system of governance, where now we have a lot of activities uh, in uh, devolved countries, what we call counties. And this is the same thing. Um, when Kenya does it, I see the rest of East Africa doing it because we are members of the East Africa community and the African free trade um, area. So these are um, very exciting moments, especially if we will succeed in, in selling this idea. And like I told you earlier in one of our discussions, I would like this to be an agenda in the SACO uh, Congress in Accra, Ghana in October this year. It is something that I'm going to ensure that... Uh, we push it now to start creating the awareness I'm talking about. When you talk about building political capital and really sort of getting some momentum behind the strive towards blockchain, what do you think are the sort of the critical elements or do you think that the the credit unions are really at a point where they're ready to embrace this sort of technology? Thank you. The credit union ecosystem in Kenya is organized in such a manner that it is easy to sell new ideas to gain political capital. So we have the African Confederation of Credit Unions, which whose headquarters is Nairobi. Um, the executive director is Kenyan. We have the National Association, the Kenya Union of Savings and Credit Cooperatives, which has got over 3,000 credit unions serving about 10 million Kenyans. And therefore, we already have a framework to create that support because we are structured, we are organized, and we have programs that we can use to spell out this agenda. So I do not see that as a challenge. If anything, it's going to be an advantage. We already have the structure, we have got the membership, we have got 
organize um, you know forums in terms of conferences workshops regional meetings um, you know member education programs in individual credit unions and therefore all we need is to craft the agenda of blockchain technology in a manner that is going to be um, you know disseminated to create understanding and once that is done then we have got a leadership structure that will be able to prepare proposals and take them to the um, relevant um, legislative arms of government through the Ministry of Trade and Industry where cooperatives are housed. So there is a structure, there is an enabling environment, there is a mechanism to create awareness. We have got a highly retreat uh, credit union membership which will, you know, understand this. And we already, I mean, from even a, bus, a business perspective, they will be able to see the value of this, particularly if uh, this is also going to help credit unions to start sharing resources, because that, that has been an ongoing agenda for some time. I see this as the right moment now to use blockchain technology to actually advance that, that agenda to another higher level. Thank you, Paul. Before we close out today, I just have one last question for you. Um, if our listeners want to follow you or get in touch, how can they reach you? Thank you very much. My email address is paul.wambuan, W-A-M-B-U-A, at duisgroup, D-U-I-S group.com. I'm also on um, LinkedIn. Well, thank you, Paul. I want to thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Alex. Thank you so much for coming all this way. Thank you, Amy. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you'd like what you heard, please find and rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.